It is easy for worship leaders to feel alone. There is tremendous pressure on us each week to perform, to lead, and to help direct an amazing experience of worship and connection to God. But it's so overwhelming. There's no place to go to talk through these unique challenges worship leaders face. Welcome to the table. Hey everybody, welcome to the next episode of The Table. Uh, my name is Jason Squires, and this whole month we've been talking about uh, protecting yourself from long-term damage from hearing and your voice. Uh, as a worship leader, things we don't necessarily think about, uh, and it's because you just jump into playing and don't think there's actually a long-term, that could, a long-term issue that could take place here. Um, but today we're actually going to talk about playing guitar. And because um, a lot of us are leading from guitars or playing guitars or involved with guitars. Um, and I am joined by my good friend, Brandon Yip. Brandon, how's it going? Great, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, of course. Why don't you, uh, before we jump into the kind of the questions and topics portion, uh, why don't you tell us about you? What, a little bit all things Brandon Yip. Yeah. So um, in regard to guitar, I... Um, Man, I started playing a long, long time ago and um, went about as far as you can with like formal training, um, studied, you know, started off rock and playing in cover bands, going through high school and college. Um, when I got to college, it was like, you know, at the time they did not have like degrees in Jimi Hendrix or Eddie Van Halen. So <laughs> like, you had two options. You could do jazz or classical and I ended up doing classical. And um actually like and really enjoy grew to love that art form through the course of my studying there and so i did my undergrad at sac state csu sacramento and then went on to do my masters at the san francisco conservatory of music and then all along was teaching guitar as well had a pretty thriving studio teaching um everywhere from little kids all the way up to collegiate level i actually um taught at basically every university in town here and every community college at some point i've been on faculty faculties around here um and then um i started serving at a church uh, bayside church here in northern california um maybe 23 24 years ago and uh came on full-time in the current role which is pastor of worship ministry development so just basically developing um, our young worship leaders musicians um even on the tech side is helping kind of integrate that with what we do musically. And um, so I've been doing that for the last, uh, gosh, 11 years now, um, working with, you know, the whole crew over there, Thrive Worship and Lincoln Brewster. And that's been fantastic. It's been an amazing, amazing experience. I love it. I can't believe it's been 23, 24. Like that's a, I didn't realize you've been there that long. That's yeah, so I mean, good. started as a volunteer. Like that's the that's, yeah. That's what you want is you want people coming up through the ranks and learning yep. the DNA and the culture, right? And so um it's been great. It's been great to see it like literally go from 200 people to where it is now and yeah. uh, be a part of that. That's so good. So you're I mean, guitar player, you're not you you've kind of grown up with the guitar and kind of grown up with all those things and gone through uh you like you said, the classical side as well as um, getting your degree in Jimi Hendrix, which I thought that was funny. Um, what are what are some of the risk factors that we come across playing guitar long term? Like, what are some things that 
Like, what are some of those risk factors? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is um, if you're doing this, like really going after it, it's repetitive use kind of injuries that will tend to happen and and will be um, amplified by bad posture, you know, poor poor conditions, poor positioning of the instrument, poor setup of an instrument, you know, poor working. If you're like a studio guy, it's like poor workflow, uh, seating positions. So there's a, there's a lot of factors to it. Um, I mean, luckily for the most part with worship stuff, you know, it's, it's not overly taxing technically. Um, I mean, it's basically four chords in the truth, right? Like, so, but still, these are great things to keep in mind because at some point, the musical style changes and you might be find yourself in a place where the technical aspects are a little more challenging and you just kind of want to have that good foundation going into things to where, yeah, for the long haul, you're going to be good and know that you're, you're confident in keeping good health with your, your body and your instrument and everything. Yeah, totally. But I mean, you mentioned the, um, the it's there's not a lot musically with just the four chords but like i think that could actually be part of the problem too is that you're always doing the exact same thing i mean it's always like i mean a lot of the guys i mean for me i know i'm i've i've kind of fell and fallen into the 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 I've, I've fallen into the trap of like every everything capoed in g and you all of a sudden it's like you know you're doing the same you're in the same world all the time and your hands your hands are just kind of like forming into that into that space so it's like some variety could be a good thing. Be- yeah. You know, that's probably a little bit of apathy or even just ignorance of what the uh, impact of bad technique and yep. bad position is because of that. Cause you can get away with it. And a lot of the guys are younger guys. So it's like, you know, you, you feel like you're kind of um, untouchable at that point and you're, yep. you get up and just throw on the guitar, whatever, whatever's happening and, and just do whatever without warming up or without any of that thought. Totally. I had a um, I had a issue a while back with uh, my doctor referred to it as guitar elbow. I my my elbow was actually like swollen and because uh, from that repetitive guitar movement. Um, but what and uh, he actually put me on rest and I was like, you don't understand. Like I play guitar for a living. Like I can't. And he was like, no. If you want to continue to play guitar for a living, you need to stop playing guitar to let your arm heal. Um, but what are some ways you mentioned a little bit about posture, but what are some ways you can prevent long-term damage um, in, in kind of that repetitive motion? Yeah. So um, we, uh, it's really interesting. So a lot, this all comes out of my conservatory training because we would do things like um, you, you know, you, at that level, it's that d- diminishing returns where every little 2% you can kind of, eke out will help your performance level. And so it'd be things like we'd have workshops with, um, you got in your pod listeners might want to look this up. It's the Alexander technique. Okay. And this was basically just workshops in proper posture, how to actually walk properly, how to sit properly. And it'd be really, I mean, you'd think like, Oh, what idiot can't do that sit or walk properly. But when you watch a person who actually has gone through the, this technique, when they're walking, it looks like they're floating almost. It's oh. it's really amazing. And when they're sitting, like it all starts with spinal alignment. So um, you want to just make sure that your spine's aligned because er- obviously everything's flowing from that. Your nervous system, your nerves connected to the muscles, and all that stuff just works better if your spine's aligned and you're not compressing nerves and and that sort of thing. Um, so it starts with that in terms of your posture. 
Um, and guitar can be really, really problematic with position, depending on how you, you hold the instrument, depending on what your hands are doing on the instrument. Um, one of the, the things after kind of spinal alignment that you want to be aware of is just, just how, um, the other thing we used to do is we'd study, what's that big uh, anatomy book? I think it's Gray's Anatomy. Oh, yes. Like we'd, we'd all have our own copy of that. And you'd kind of look at how the hand muscles work. Everyone kind of knew that stuff. Yep. And so what you'd look at is you'd go, okay, from the spine, keeping the spine aligned, and then how joints actually function is there's a range, uh, and I wish we were on video for this, but there's a range of movement that happens when you flex a joint or you extend a joint. And where you optimally want to be is in the mid-range of that movement. So you don't want to be in any extreme of flexion or extension, but in the mid-range of the movement. Um, and so what that will look like, uh, let's just take the left hand, the fretboard hand of the guitar. If your listeners were uh, to kind of, and you can do this for any instrument, really, it, it, the same principles apply. Uh, but if you just, we call it suitcase hand. If you just let your hands kind of rest at your side, like you're going to pick up a suitcase, or a duffel bag or something like that. That's the kind of the best position for your wrist. And then you just turn the hand and bring it up to where the guitar neck might be. And that's the optimal guitar position. Unfortunately, most of the time, and out of necessity, we've got to do this, is if you're um, a pop or rock guitar player, you're putting the thumb over the top of the neck, which puts the wrist in sort of an extreme of extension, yep. range of movement. Yep, yep, yep. But again, if, if you're playing some pretty easy stuff, um, you know, like you said, G shapes and things like that, not none of it's going to be too taxing on um, the wrist. It's just going to be problematic if you're doing hours and hours and hours of this. If you're playing um, inefficiently, I'm going to talk about that in a second. But but you can just kind of see that if you if you bend your wrist in either extreme, you're seeing um, you can see how the muscles, the nerves, the tendons all have to go through this bend in this complex maze of, of, of bones, the carpal tunnel, yeah. uh, basically where, and it just aggravates it. And that's where tendonitis comes into play where swelling and aggravation, you know, that kind of inflammation becomes uh, an issue. And that's the start of that kind of thing. So it's, it's all connected. It's really valuable to kind of look at just spinal alignment, how joints work, how musculature works. Um, the other thing that can be problematic with musicians is, you know, we're working with these very um, delicate uh, muscles in the fingers. They're very fine motor skills and they're smaller muscle groups. What tends to happen with musicians is because we're largely sedentary, sitting with the instruments, sitting in your studio. Um, we tend to be kind of like physically not in great shape. So like the larger muscle groups will tend to be underdeveloped and you start putting all the strain on the smaller muscle groups, which causes just kind of further, uh, you know, heightens the, the problem. So it's always great to just some sort of like just um, uh, physical regimen where you're develop, you know, keeping muscle tone to kind of support all of the muscle groups. Yeah, that's great. I, what, um, that's huge. And I, lo I love what, <laughs> I totally understand that, uh, that the hand and the hand thing. Cause I, I mean, I get to a long, the end of a long set sometimes and I'm like, my hands are just, are tight or they're sore. But you're like, you said, everything else kind of, you're using a lot of those smaller muscle groups. Now you guys do a lot of, at Bayside, you guys do a lot of long, like in the, in the holiday season, you'll do a lot of long, like long runs of playing every night for Christmas concerts and or Christmas Eve services. And 
um, or you do like you do a lot of recording and stuff. How do you how do you kind of prep for that if you're going to do like a long run of, uh, of of events or a long run of, you know, uh, rather than just like just playing on Sunday, you're like, I'm playing every night um, for several nights or you've been on tour and stuff like that. So what does that look like for you? Is that is that different or is that? Yeah, no, it's not. It's not different. It's it's just all down to preparation. And um, this is as much as for physical health as it is for anything else It's just a good good stewardship of your gifts is yeah. to come, is to have um, is to be well prepared for whatever you're you're stepping into. A lot of people make the mistake, especially beginners, of um, what practice should actually look like. And what typically happens is they'll practice something over and over and over again until they get it right. So you might do like 30 reps of something and then you get it right once. Right. It would actually be the opposite of that. It's like once you get it right, then you need to do like 10, 20 reps of it to kind of get it ingrained in muscle memory. Um. Uh, so it, it's just sort of a little bit backwards that way. And then the other thing about that is like trying to avoid, uh, instilling those mistakes. Like if, if it's something you're looking at and you're like, you're banging your head against while you can't get, you probably need to break the problem down a little further. And that's super helpful for physical health as well as like, if you're doing something that is technically you're, you're not getting it after five, six times you probably are doing something wrong or you need to break the problem down into smaller digestible um parts okay well i love that um i uh now a lot of worship leaders and they're walking up to a microphone leading worship maybe on acoustic or electric um talk to us about like some posture ideas um if i'm going to walk on stage to a rehearsal what are some things that I should be looking for? Maybe mic placement or like how I'm standing or what I need to be um, just kind of some overall posture tips in, um, in uh, while, while I'm playing guitar. Like, so if I'm walking into a, like a, a, a rehearsal or something like that, um, what are some things I should be looking for? Yeah. So this one's tricky too, because there's some of this is just uh, tied to, rock and roll and rock music and how we wear guitars and luckily nowadays people are it's like they're wearing guitars in a, a little bit better position just because I, I don't know maybe stylistically it it's cooler now yeah <laughs> meaning a little bit higher higher guitar position yeah if you're like jimmy page and you're wearing your guitars like down to your knees then you've got problems with if you just try to you know if you look at how the wrist articulates at that point with the neck that low you're in that extreme of flexion where the wrist is flexing to its extreme which is really harmful he got around that jimmy page specifically by like when he got to a difficult passage he'd kind of bring the neck up a little more vertically so you know the hand was in a better better position and then dropped yeah yeah, so uh, guitar position is really key for that. Is just kind of making sure shoulders and and wrist and all that stuff are aligned properly. Um, the other thing, like you mentioned, mic placement is like you don't want your neck kind of the same thing. Like there's a, a, there's a range of motion from flexion to extension. You don't want your chin down in your chest. That would be kind of an extreme of flexion. You don't want your chin all the way up in the air. Uh, that would be also problematic. So if you can get that mic, and that'll be great for video too, is your mic's level yep. and your neck is straight, you're looking straight out. That's probably the optimal 
optimal position. Um, you'd mentioned some problems. I th- were you saying something about your right hand? You were had elbow problems. Yeah, I, when I, I had a, a with my right elbow for a long time because there was just. I mean, I'm a. I lead a lot by myself acoustic, so I'm. It's a you end you end up playing more, and so it's just a lot of repetitive. So the repetitive that? motion that you have to that kind of made my made my my elbow. The guy, I mean, he said so typically they call it tennis elbow. Because it comes a lot in tennis players, sure. but he's like, so I'd call it guitar elbow because that's what you're like. That's where you got it, you know. You got it from playing guitar because I'm, you know, not a tennis player. Uh, but the was it an ulnar nerve problem? Do you remember? Do you remember what nerve problem? Yes, it was? It was actually, it was. Yes, it was. Yeah, it was so that's really common, and the reason that happens is, um, and again, this is a position thing. It's it's the the hard edge, the edge of your guitar where you're resting your forearm. That's pressing against your ulnar nerve. Oh yes, to, which has to pass through your elbow up through your shoulder into your spine again. So we're back to the spine, yeah. getting that aligned. So you're you're like basically cutting off where that nerve needs to work, and again, that just leads to inflammation and exactly what you experienced was the tennis elbow thing. Yeah, yeah. the uh, I I see a chiropractor regularly to like just to get kind of like re- realigned, right. and he uh, he and I talk about. I've actually brought my guitar into into uh, the uh, adjustments before so I can put it on and he goes show me how you stand and show me how you where the strap hits you in the neck oh that's where all the tension actually you're the, the weight of the guitar is pulling down on your shoulder and that's why after long sets that side of hurts or whatever you're how you're compensating in your body and I'm like gosh everything is so interconnected you don't realize Dude, yeah it's even the strap like you mentioned the strap that's a huge problem or the weight of the guitar like it, it, you've got it you strap is going across your left shoulder there's a lot of nerves that pass through there into your neck right um if you're playing like a 12 pound less paul for four sets a night yeah that can be a real problem luckily you know if you're a church guy you're doing what you're doing four or five songs maybe right uh, and so that that's not not usually going to be a huge problem like if you were mentioning we do long runs for christmas um that can be a problem, but you know, usually you're you're again you're doing a smaller set, and then you're you've got like an hour between services or whatever, so yeah, time to recuperate. Totally, totally. You have some more some more thoughts there on the just kind of overall overall yeah. So posture? some of this is um, uh, we worked away from the spine down to the joints, and then I would say all the way down to the fingers. And this will be specific to guitar is is learning to play most efficiently. A lot of people misunderstand how really even how like a guitar works. Like you're, you when you press a string, it contacts the fret, and that's what makes the note. You don't actually need to press the string any harder than to contact the string with the fret. Like my fingers never touch the wood on my fretboard. Mm. You don't need to press that hard. Yeah, right. And so if you find yourself not, you're, you're you're like that, man, I'm still buzzing if I do that. It's probably because you're not playing accurately enough. You've got to have your finger directly behind the fret, press as little as you have to to make the sound clear, which again is just contacting the fret. And it should be the easiest thing in the world. Like, you know, playing even a, like a full bar chord can be very easy if you're accurate and you're playing with only the necessary amount of tension um and so all that's like the equation to going okay good health on the guitar and just playing with good skill you know like yeah. playing cleanly and playing accurately i also think too we sometimes neglect you said the health of the guitar neglect actually maintaining our instruments and if the actions are too high 
you end up having to squeeze harder than you probably need to be and getting those, making sure that the guitar is actually yeah. adjusted correctly. Because I know I've played a couple of acoustics where you're like, that, oh my gosh, that neck is so, it's, I got to squeeze. It's not, the action needs to be, the action needs to be reset. And so, um, taking it in or ma- learning to maintain that kind of a thing. That's is another, a big that's, deal. A, that's a great point, dude. So, uh, I, I don't know if you follow Rick Beato online, uh, on YouTube. I don't. Educator. Talk. Yeah. Tell but me they about just, this. They just did a whole thing about, um, string gauge. And it was like, there's oh, this, yeah. there's this misconception that the thicker the string gauge, the better your tone. And he, he, he scientifically proves it. It's just not, not true. Like, so you go, they go, fascinating. they go through and they do, I think this is on electric guitar. At least they did, um, I think 0.007 gauge, eight gauge, nine gauge and 10. Yep. Or it might've been eight. It might've been eight to 11, something like that. But they do, yeah. the same, they do the same passage, uh, and pro tools and everything. And then they just compare the tones and they're actually fatter with, the sound is better with the thin strings. Interesting. And, and it makes sense. Like if, if you think about like, um, like somebody like, uh, Billy Gibbons, the guy's got like the most fantastic tone ever. It's, it's super fat tone, but he's using sevens. Like, wow. He's, or it might be, it might be a custom set that he got made for that seven and a half. So there's that. And then also like, um, like you said, setting the guitar up. So the action's not too high. Yep. A lot of people, what I find is a lot of people, myself included, I've had to re kind of retrain myself with this is not overplaying. Like there's a certain point where the instrument starts to actually just get smaller, um, in terms of like your right hand pick attack. Oh yeah. So like if you're banging on the guitar, it's actually not going to sound better. It's going to sound smaller, more strident, but there's a, there's a point where, um, you know, you just kind of have to experiment and find the dynamic range of your instrument. Where's the, where's the top end of that dynamic range and don't play louder than that. Cause it just, it's not good for you. And it's, it sounds bad. Right. You're not you know? doing anything. You're not doing anybody justice on that. You're right. Not, and you yeah. know, you'll, you'll do your, your sound man will be happy. Your hands will be happy. Your guitar will be happier. Your <laughs> bandmates will be happier. It's a win, 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 win. I think a lot of times we, we associate light guitar strings with beginner guitar players. And the more advanced we get, the more the thicker the string. And I don't. I need thicker strings, and I need. Uh, and so that's. I love. I'm. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna go check this. This. Uh, yeah. There, YouTube there's series a famous, out. There's a famous story again with Billy Gibbons of, of ZZ Top, where when he was first starting, he was sharing backstage with BB uh, King, and Billy at the time was using really heavy strings, and and so BB King picks up his guitar, and the first thing he says, "Why are you working so hard?" <laughs> <laughs> and Billy was like, I thought all the blues guys used heavy strings, and, and like BB used really light strings. <laughs> that's why you work it. And that's one of the greatest tones in the world, right? Is BB King's. Yeah, that's tone. right. Absolutely, absolutely. What would you say to somebody who's like far down the guitar path and like has to kind of break down some bad habits in order to rebuild them? What are some good ways to start? What are some good ways to start breaking down those bad habits and um, and start rebuilding like some of these posture ideas? Because it's one thing to start there, or even you know newly newly started, or you know I've only been playing for a few years, but it's like what if I've been playing for forty years and I've I know what I'm doing, but I don't now. It's like I have to relearn relearn some things. Do you have some advice to that guy? Yeah, I mean, um, man, what you were doing with your chiropractor is super valuable. Like just getting an outside perspective on things. Yeah, and so maybe that's the first step is just be becoming aware of what you're doing. Uh, versus what you should be doing. Totally. 
Um, and, and, you know, if you can't afford to go see a chiropractor, maybe it's something as simple as videoing yourself or recording yourself, uh, just to see it, uh, from a different perspective. And then what I would say is like, don't try to do too much at one time. Take, um, there's a concept in, in teaching that I use a lot. It's called one point learning. So you might have a problem like with accuracy and pressing too hard and your guitar's in the wrong position, but just start with one thing and, and kind of get that worked into your flow. And then you can start building, building on those things. I love it. I love it. Um, hey, so uh, this podcast is called The Table. Um, and I think, I believe good conversation happens around good food. Um, what, so if I was to come over to the Yip House for dinner, what would you guys be serving? That's an important question. Yeah, yeah. So one of the, the most communal things we do when we're ha- having people over or something is it's a, um, it's a Chinese uh, uh, dish called Da Bing Lo, which is basically just hot pot. Okay, uh, and and it's like you put it at you know it's like a, a Bunsen Bunsen burner, yep. right? That's right. Yeah. The center of the table with a big pot of broth, and you take all the time during the day to prep like whatever some pork or lamb or beef and some oh, shrimp yeah. and just everything you can think of, a bunch of vegetables, and everyone kind of gets their plate full of that stuff, and then you, you put it in the pot and you cook it up, and and then uh, you know you just take your time having a meal and you just eat you cook and eat as you go along. It's like, I, it's really, it's really cool communally, like just to kind of, to hang out with each other. But I think it's just deployed by my wife, not to cook. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I although, see what you did there. I see what you did. <laughs> although, you know, what happens is she ends up cooking all the stuff anyway. And we kind of sit there and wait for her to put it on our plate. So I, I take that back. She's, I should, should uh, I take that one back. I don't <laughs> You make an ex- no, but it's an experience out of eating. It's not just like sit down, eat a plate, and go do your thing. It's like yeah, communal yeah. communal eating. I love that. I love that. Really cool. I love that. Hey, how can we connect with you? What are some ways we can? Uh, Instagram's probably easiest. It's Yip Crunch is my Instagram handle. Yip Crunch. But you can find me with Brandon Yip too. So I love that. Yeah. Hey man, I really appreciate this today. I really appreciate you like sharing sharing your uh, your knowledge and. Um, this is, like I said, it's, it's not a normal topic. It's not like a normal, uh, like a normal thing, you know, which, but it's, it's a, I think it's important. I think it's important to, you know, protect our bodies as we continue on and not to look back and after playing for many years and go, I wish I would have known, or I wish I would have been, knew this was happening. And, um, it only takes, you know, it takes once for something to go wrong and then you're having to heal and that's never a fun thing to do. So, um, yeah, man, I really appreciate it. You're welcome. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me along, and what a great topic. Absolutely. All right, guys, we'll see you guys next week.